play through it. If you're visiting for the first time, you won't know the difference. But if you come back next week, you will see it's different. But this morning, I want to talk about Jesus. I entitled this service, Easter, A Celebration of Life. And, and what was on my mind is I thought, you know, any, anytime somebody passes away, we have a, a celebration of life for them. We, we gather together and we talk about all the good things that they did while they were here. And I thought, I'm going to have a celebration of life for Jesus Christ this morning. So I'm going to talk about Jesus. We're going to have some special music, which is why we only had the one song here. Um, like to have special music. I don't know. It's a celebration. It's a celebration of Jesus. Um, but yeah, when you celebrate a life, you talk about the impact that somebody has had. And people get up and they, and they tell wonderful stories about them and, and how they've impacted their lives and, and all kinds of things. So we're, we're going to do that this morning for Jesus. So let's start with a word of prayer and we're going to dive right in there. Father, again, I just thank you for your holy presence with us. Father, I pray that all that we do this morning will bring glory and honor to your name. We'll honor the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, it is a celebration, Easter, a celebration of life, but not just any life, the life of Jesus Christ. So open up our hearts and our ears and our spirits to what you would say to us this morning. Father, may we leave here not just informed, but transformed by the power of your Son through the Holy Spirit that you have given us. And I ask that you would empty me of me, Father, and speak through me and speak through those who are going to come up and talk this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, typically, when you do a celebration of life service, they start off with um, an obituary. So I have an obituary of kind for Jesus Christ. As far as historical records show, we believe that Jesus Christ was born around 2 or 3 B.C. We got the timing wrong. It wasn't zero. But about 2 or 3, as best we can tell, is when, we, when he was born. We don't know the month. We don't know the exact day. Scripture states that he was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. And he ministered for about three and a half years. So that would have made him 33, 34 years old when he died, which would put his death somewhere between 30 and 33 AD. So about 1990 years ago, coming up for 2,000 years. His mother, Mary, no last names, was a direct descendant of King David. His earthly father, Joseph, was also a direct descendant of King David. But scripture tells us that, that Jesus was immaculately conceived of the Holy Spirit. His mother Mary was a virgin when she gave birth to Jesus. And that had been prophesied 700 years before the event. He was born in Bethlehem in Judea then moved to Egypt as a young child, and then to Nazareth in Galilee, which was the hometown of, of Joseph and Mary. And Jesus spent most of his life in Nazareth. The last three and a half years of his life, when he began his ministry, he moved from Nazareth, and he went to live in a town called Capernaum in Galilee. We know that Jesus had four, at least four brothers, we have four named brothers in the scripture, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. 
And a number of sisters, unfortunately in biblical days, women didn't rate, so they're not even named. We just know he had sisters. You know, I, I, I talk about this sometimes. Can you imagine growing up with Jesus? You know, he's your brother. You're sitting around the table. And all of a sudden, Mary, Jesus, stop levitating the bread. <laughs> the bread's floating along the table. I mean, it must have been odd to, to grow up with Jesus. You know, he never sinned. Oh, my gosh. What's it like to have a perfect brother? That's a hard standard to live with. But Jesus never sinned. But we know that he performed miracles before we see his first miracle. The Bible records just 38 miracles of Jesus. And the first one recorded was turning water into wine at a wedding. And the reason we know that he performed miracles before that was because Mary orchestrated this miracle because she knew Jesus had the power. So she had witnessed the power. The last recorded miracle was to provide a miraculous catch of fish for his disciples as he was on the shore. But Jesus performed many, many miracles. These 38 are not just the only 38. We don't have all the details of his life. If you look at the four Gospels, and so much is repeated in each Gospel, what theologians have come up with, we actually have about 52 days of Jesus' life. He lived for 33 and a half years, but we have just 52 days of information about his life. That's not a lot, is it? And yet, in just 52 days of recorded events, conversations, teachings, this man changed the world. That's worth celebrating, isn't it? I mean, that's a life of influence right there. That's a life well-lived, so well-lived that all across the planet, almost 2,000 years after the event, today, over 2.5 billion people are going to celebrate his resurrection. That is incredible to me. That's a life well-lived. All of history is divided into two. What happened before he was born? What happened after he was born? Your birthday is the year of your birthday based on when Jesus was born. I mean, that is absolutely incredible, isn't it? All of history is marked by the birth of this man. I don't know how they recorded it before Jesus was born, but after he was born, they had to change it all in relation to his birth. His birth is the most celebrated birth in the world. I have no idea who's second. It's not me. His death is the most remembered death in the world. His resurrection, that's a whole different story. It's hard to beat that one. The symbol of his death, the cross, is the most recognized icon ever. It marks more graves, adorns more jewelry, stands atop of more buildings than any other symbol. The influence that this common man, he was just a common man from a, a, a common family living in a puppet state. He wasn't born into nobility. His father was a builder. 
They say a carpenter, but the word really means builder. And if you know me, you know I believe he was a bricklayer. <laughs> it's a noble trait. He didn't attend university. He wasn't born in a place of any significance. He didn't live in a powerful nation. If it wasn't for the fact of Jesus, none of us would know where Galilee is. Wouldn't have come up. And yet, there has never been anyone like him. That's why we're here today, isn't it? Because of Jesus. In some way, he has impacted all of our lives to some degree. You know, I listened yesterday. I like to do these weird things. I listened yesterday to a prominent atheist agnostic on YouTube. Um, A man who has been through all kinds of theological training and lost his faith. And the the thing that I, I watched, he tore into why the Gospels are just a bunch of nonsense. We don't know who were they written by or when they were written by. Those were just words that were handed down and eventually somebody wrote them down. He tore into the crucifixion. He tore into the resurrection of Christ and why it's all a fallacy and mumbo jumbo. And his arguments were really, really good. I mean, I had to sit back and, and, and ponder for a while. And sadly... His life is a journey from faith to faithlessness. My life is a journey from faithlessness to faith. And I, I, the, the reason it resonated with me, because I was there. I knew what he was talking about. I, w- I was there. I was that person. But now it's the opposite for me. I look around and I see the handiwork of the Lord everywhere. Now I'm at a place where I think, how can you not believe? How can you miss all of the signs that Jesus is alive? There's got to be something bigger. I mean, just from the simplest little things sometimes, I'll have a sermon planned and I haven't talked to the worship team and, and all the songs are about the sermon that I'm preaching. It happens time and time again. It's, it's like there's something bigger. Romans 1.20 says, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. I mean, gosh, you look at the sky at night. You can't count the stars, can you? And, you know, we have a big bang theory that says everything started here and boom, off it went. And then the more sophisticated we get, the better telescopes we have. And we start looking out there, the math goes wrong. It can't get out there at that speed in that amount of time. It doesn't work. The math doesn't work. So scientists puzzle over this. But I look at the scripture and it says all of creation shows the eternal qualities of God. There's no end to it because there's no end to our God. What he creates goes on and on and on. You think about time. Everything began. Well, what happened 10 minutes before that? Did it all? It just points to the eternal God that we celebrate. But that's not the greatest evidence for me. I like numbers. I like facts. And when I 
got into Christianity, you know, I, I read, I still read and read and read and read. Like, where did this Bible come from? Who wrote it? Can I trust it? And the reason I was watching the atheist thing yesterday, I like to get perspectives from people on the outside because it makes you think. The greatest evidence for me of the power of Jesus is the way he changes lives. He changed my life immensely. He changed my wife immensely. And I've seen in so many, many, many people life change that you can't explain outside of some other influence. They didn't change. They didn't change. They were miserable, whatever it was. And then all of a sudden, they encountered Jesus. Boom. And here's a new creation. Not perfect. Nobody's perfect. But a changed life. John, where are you? Don't be hiding on me, John. We like to have special music at our Easter services. So I asked three people. I said, if we were doing a celebration of life for Jesus, what song would you sing? And why would you sing that song? So John, I believe you were the first one up, right, John? So I'm going to let John answer that question, and then he's going to sing you the song that the Lord put on his heart. Um, I didn't want to do a original or like a, a regular resurrection song, um, but this song does touch about how the the cross is spoken, um, death is no more. Um, and as I prayed about it and and asked what song he wanted me to sing, I mean, I listen to songs all the time, so five or six came up, and as I listened and sang this song for the first time. I just got goosebumps all over, and I was like, okay, well, this is it. Um, so I guess let's do it. I've got a friend closer than a brother. There is no judgments, oh, how he loves me. I've got a friend. He is my strength. He is my portion. With me in the valley, with me in the fire, with me in the storm. And all my life, Testify, hallelujah, we are not alone, God really loves us, God really loves us, hallelujah, oh praise my soul. God really loves us. God really loves us. 
His mercy's enough. His grace is sufficient. So come if you're needing forgiveness or healing. His mercy's enough. This is our hope. The cross it has spoken. Death is no more. Christ is the Lord, oh, this is our hope, yeah, hallelujah, we are not alone, God really loves us, God really loves us, hallelujah, oh, praise God really loves us. God really loves us. And oh, oh, singing oh, oh, what a fire. But I needed a microphone. <laughs> Thank you, John. That was awesome. What a father, what a friend, what a savior. A father who cares for us, who loves us, who looks over us, a friend who is beside us, a savior who saves us. What does he save us from? Ourselves. He saves us from ourselves. He saves us from the grave. That is such a great description of the Lord and, and how he relates to us. He loves us enough to come and live amongst us so that we can read the truths of his life and how much he impacted those around us. Next up is Flip. Oh, yeah, get up here, bud. 
you thought there'd be a breather. <laughs> Flip is going to sing a song called I Will Rise, but he's going to tell us why he's singing that song first. Like Jesus, I chose it for its familiarity, the song God. I will rise as I believe it's a Chris Tomlin song. And at the beginning, you know, it talks about there's a peace that you come to know. Though my heart and flesh, it may fail, there's an anchor for my soul. I can say that it is well. Basically displaying that problems are going to be there. <laughs> uh just like the sun will rise, there's going to be issues, but there's a security in your soul through everything, through having Jesus Christ, and you can say that all things are going to be okay as long as you rely on him. So just bear with me while I mess up the first couple of notes, but it'll, it'll get better. Here 
Thank you, Flip. I didn't know you messed up. You could you could have just breezed right over that one. <laughs> I will rise. I will rise. What hope there is in those words. The end is not the end for those who trust and follow Jesus. We have something more. Third and final special song is by Sharla. Where are you, Charlotte? Back there in Charlotte's spot. It's called First Things First. And when Charlotte talked about this song, a scripture that came to my mind was 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15. Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So I wrote things down because I don't just talk on the mic for off of a whim. <laughs> so I didn't know Jesus until I was an adult. I knew of him but I didn't know, truly understand him or his love. 
I was fortunate to begin my friendship with him when my husband Doug and I were beginning our family. That friendship with him has brought so much joy and hope into my life. Jesus is the reason that I have a strong and loving marriage. He's the reason that I have made some incredible friends that have become my family. He's the reason that I can smile on days that even when life is really hard. And over the years, I've gotten the opportunity to deepen my relationship with him and to learn about his timing, about his plan. And because I know him, I know that even when the world is falling apart, he has it all under control. I know that it will all be okay somehow, some way. I can't imagine a world without him. I can't imagine a place where he's not there to hold me up, to guide me, and to love me through it all. And I'm so incredibly thankful that Jesus loves us all so much. So. All the things that I have held dear, the vanities that whispered in my ear. All the things that I have held dear, the vanities that whispered in my ear, what would I do if they all disappeared? Riches and fame and all that they could buy, I've come to find they never satisfy. What would I gain if my soul's the prize? I don't want to love what the world loves. I don't want to chase what the world does. I only want you. I only want you. First things first, I seek your will, not my own. Surrender all my wants to you. Keep the first thing first. To live your truth, walk your ways, set my eyes, Lord, I fix my face on you. All my desires reversed, to keep the first thing first. I give it all, my life an offering, my heart is yours, so have your way in me. Your kingdom's all I want to see. I don't want to love what the world loves. I don't want to chase what the world does. I only want you. I only want you. First things first, seek your will, not my own. Surrender all my wants to you. Keep the first thing first. To live your truth, walk your ways, set my eyes. Lord, I fix my face on you. All my desires reversed. 
Thank you. A celebration of life. He died for us so that we can live for him. That's what that song was really all about. He died for us so that we can live for him. But when Jesus physically left, he didn't abandon us. Now, I said I wasn't going to do any teaching, but I can't help myself. So I have four quick points for you. He left four incredible things to build our faith because faith is what it's all about. The guy that I listened to yesterday was looking at facts and figures. Faith and facts and figures have very little to do with one another. That's why it's so difficult. It has to be a journey of faith. So the first thing that Jesus left us, he left us his word. We already had the Old Testament, but now we have a New Testament. We have four accounts of his life. You know, among those vagabonds, I don't know what you call those 12 guys that he called to follow him. But very carefully he selected. He selected Matthew, an intelligent man, a tax collector. What do tax collectors do? They keep records. Matthew kept a record of all that he saw. We have that record. John, an intelligent man, also documented what we saw. So we have two eyewitness accounts of the four Gospels. The other two Gospels are our researched Gospels, Luke and Mark. We have Peter's writings, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, letters from Peter who was with Jesus. And his letters are written to the new churches, telling them about Jesus and how to live a life with Jesus. We have John's other letters, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. We've got all of Paul's accounts. Now, Paul wasn't one of the 12, 
But Paul encountered Jesus on a road. Jesus knocked him on his behind, blinded him. He met Jesus in a really tough way. And he wrote about it. He left us his word to encourage us, to train us, to empower us, to guide us. The second thing that he gave us was the Holy Spirit. He said to his disciples right before he went to the cross, he said, I'm going to go because they were all upset. I'm going to go, but it's good for you that I go because when I go, I am going to leave you with a counselor. I'm going to leave you with one who will remind you of everything that I have taught you. And he will empower you. He left us with the Holy Spirit. Supernatural power that doesn't come from us. It comes from the Lord. It is a gift. Every single person who accepts and receives Jesus Christ, who believes in Jesus and says, yeah, I believe he is the son of God. I believe he died. I believe he came again. Every person that professes that, the Bible tells us, you are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. How active that spirit is in your life comes down to you. But it's a gift. He guides us. He reminds us. He convicts us. And we all read about the fruits of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Who wants more of that? Bring it on. And to the amount that you allow your life to be controlled by His Spirit and not your flesh, we have this war that goes on. The more you surrender to His Spirit, the more of that fruit is evident in your life. And the third thing He left us is this. He left us his church. It's described as the body of Christ, as the bride of Christ. It is such a precious gift from God. You and I are a gift to one another from Jesus Christ. That's what we're experiencing here this morning. It's Christ's plan for us to be part of his body. To be gathered together as one. And and it's through his body, it's through his bride, the church, that he continues his mission. He never intended us to be alone, to be mavericks. In fact, the scripture warns about that. This guy's doing this, that one's doing that. They're all over the place. Jesus said, no, you become part of my body. I'm leaving my body. This is my bride. And through the power of my bride, we will continue the mission. That's why it's important to be part of a church. I talk to people sometimes, I don't need to go to church. They're all full of hypocrites. Yeah, (laughs) we're people. It's not a place for perfect people. It's a hospital for sick and broken people. But this is his plan. I think it's a pretty gutsy plan to leave it to us. (laughs) There you go. And when we gather to celebrate and learn and worship, and praise, and serve in this manner, we are honoring the name of Jesus. It gives me great pleasure this morning. We have a number of people over the last few months that have started attending Lakeway and have uh, made a decision to become members of the church. I thought this morning would be a good day to welcome them into membership. Starting off with Linda. 
Do you, do you have your, your speech? Oh. Linda Brister, I see her up at Tom Thumb all the time. I go up there, I have coffee, and she's walking through. She works there. Linda, here's your certificate of membership. It's our pleasure to welcome you into membership. And now we have a couple, Carrie Ann and Hunter Ray. You can come up here, yes. Welcome to membership. There's your proof. Hunter, welcome to membership. My wife's going to take a picture of us. Where are you? Oh, over here. You've got to come over here. (laughs) And you're not my wife. (laughs) Welcome to membership. And Nancy and Bob Leach. I mean, these two. Dedication. When we did our membership class, we almost had to carry Bob in. (laughs) And the following week, I believe, he was in the hospital. (laughs) So, Nancy, welcome to membership. Thank you. Bob, welcome to membership. Picture. Thank you. They are part of the family, the family of Christ. I hear that description so often when people talk about Lakeway. They say it's a, it's a, it's a real family here. So the fourth thing, let me finish up here. The fourth thing that he left us was his promise. And his promise is so, so important. What was his promise? I will return. The story is not over. I'm coming back. I'm going to clean this mess up. I'm going to raise up those who died in me. And they're going to be with me in heaven, in paradise. And that's the Holy Spirit there working. (laughs) Sorry, Flip. That is his promise. He's not done yet. There is the best is yet to come. I asked Randy, there's a song. I'm pretty sure we sang this at the first Easter that that Sandra and I ever were at. We didn't grow up in a church home. Many of you know our stories. She was taught there is no God. And I, I wasn't taught that, but it just seemed pretty improbable to me. But then God got hold of our lives and he changed our lives. And I still remember our very first Easter. It's so special. And, um, and this was one of the songs. Y'all sing with us now. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy, I see his voice of cheer, and just the time I see him, he's always near. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to him flow. 
may be seated. Thank you. This resurrected Christ wants to shape your life or reshape your life if you've wandered away from him. He calls you, he draws you, he loves you, he forgives you, and all you need to do is surrender to him. And let his grace and his mercy and his love flood into your life. You know, one day, each and every one of us, you're expecting me to say, you're going to face God. That's not what I'm going to say. One day, each and every one of us will have a service, a celebration of life for our lives. What will they say? What will your influence be? Will you have lived a life that impacted others for good? Or will it be, eh, nice guy, nice person, really, really, you know, that, but there's no impact or worse. Yeah, kind of glad that one's gone. I've had a few of those. Here's what I've discovered. The more you immerse your life in Jesus, the more he immerses his life in you. And he will give you strength that you did not know that you had. He will give you hope in the middle of all of this hopelessness. He will give you purpose, true purpose in your life. He will give your life true meaning, but you have to choose it. And the question is, will you choose it? I remember resisting for so long. Started following Jesus. He came into my life and started going to church. Even started teaching Sunday school, even though I didn't know anything. Didn't let stuff like that stop me. Made it up as I went along. (laughs) And uh, we were at the United Church in Canada. One of the reasons I love that song is the accent up there. 
He walks with me and talks with me. And every time they sang that, walking and talking, we'd start giggling. And the, the pastor up there would talk about good things. The United Church was very good, very social church. We'd talk about caring for people and providing clothing and providing meals and all that stuff. But really didn't ever talk about having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I thought that was for all those nut jobs over at the Baptist Church and those other churches that do that kind of stuff. And then one day, a couple that were pretty influential in our church were part of a, it wasn't a Billy Graham crusade, it was a Billy Graham associate and they were coming to town, and they were setting up in the curling rink, because that's what you do up in Canada. And I didn't want to go, because I didn't want to be a part of all those nut Baptist people and this personal relationship with Jesus stuff. I believed, and I was happy with my belief. But I had to go, because my wife told me to. <laughs> and I'm a wise man. And I remember at that service, the pastor started talking about Jesus and how he died for our sins and, and how you need to have this relationship with Jesus and belief alone is not enough. And that was my thing. I believe. What's wrong with that? And he, he spoke of a verse in James where it says, you believe, good. Even the demons believe. Oh, that's not good news. <laughs> And I remember him saying, you've got to, you have to invite Jesus into your life. In Romans 10, it says, if we confess with our mouth, he is Lord, and believe in our hearts that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. And he said, in a minute, we're going to have an altar call and we're going to invite people up. And I always thought that stuff was all phony baloney and Baptist. And I remember sitting there. And he said, if the Holy Spirit is working on you right now, your heart's beating. My heart was beating. And he said, that's the Holy Spirit convicting you. And my wife told me afterwards, she said, she said, I looked at you and I knew. And when he made the invitation, I was the first one out of my seat. And I went up there and I remember praying with him. And I remember he said, if you're sincere in this, Jesus is sincere too. And if you invite him into your life as Lord and Savior, he will come into your life as Lord and Savior. And he will change you. And I don't know how long we had been going to church at that time, like five, six years. A little while we've been doing church. And I went up there and I prayed this prayer. It gave me a little booklet to sit down with with a bunch of memory verses and all that stuff. And I didn't feel changed. So, okay. I believe all that. I believe Jesus. And, but I don't feel changed. Aren't I supposed to be changed? And it's so funny how God works. I was bricklaying back then. That's why I believe Jesus was a bricklayer. Sure, I'll sell him on the scaffolding. And over the next month or two, people kept coming up to me. People at work would come up to me and say, Mike, what happened to you? And I said, well, what do you mean? They said, something's happened to you. You changed. 
They never would specify what the change was, whether it was bad or good, just that you've changed. Friends, what happened to you? What do you mean? You've changed. And I remember it was a Sunday morning. I was teaching Sunday school to the youth. And one of the kids in the youth or a couple of the kids in the youth said, Mr. Bishop, what happened to you? I'm like, are you kidding me? I said, what do you mean? You've changed. And I remember going home that lunchtime and talking to Sandra. And I said, people keep telling me that I changed. Like, what's happened? They wouldn't specify whether it was good or bad. And I thought I had got worse. <laughs> it was hard to get worse. <laughs> but I thought, and I said, have I become a mean person or something? What's going on? And she said, no, you became a Christian. When Jesus said he would come into your life and change you, he did. And it's been a constant journey since then. This morning, I had a text from Kelly Biggs. She's a lady that does our Bible Bears program and our benevolence and She's at church with her daughter, and two of her kids are being baptized today, two of her grandchildren. We did her husband's funeral a few years ago. He got saved on, Christ, on Easter Day. I thought, wow, isn't that incredible? I know I will see him again because of Easter. I don't know where you're at in your faith this morning. And I'm not going to have an altar call so you can breathe. But I am going to invite you to invite Jesus into your life. And maybe you just need to recommit. Maybe you've been, you were strong and you've wandered away. And it's time for you to get back to Jesus again. This is a good a day to do it as ever. The day when we remember what Jesus did for us. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the life-changing power of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that he has given us to help us live the life that he's called us to live. And Father, I know nothing happens by accident. There's not a person sitting in this room today that isn't here because you ordained it. The very words coming out of my mouth are the words that you put in my mouth on this morning, on this day. So Father, if there's somebody in here today that's here to hear this message that you want to forgive their sins, that you want to come into their lives and change them. I pray, Father, that today would be the day that they surrender to you. And if that's you and the Holy Spirit is working on you while we're just in this prayer, it begins with a simple prayer. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Jesus, I want to believe that you are Lord. Give me the faith to trust in you. Forgive my sin. I want to live for you. Simple prayer for you to pray. And if you're here this morning 
and you used to be doing well, and somewhere along the line you went off track. He's calling you back. And this morning, a simple prayer for you is, Jesus, I know you. I know your grace. I know your love. I have wandered away. Please bring me back today. I need you in my life. Father, I thank you. You never give up on us. No matter how far we wander, no matter what we've done, you're always welcoming us back. Father, may your spirit change your life this morning. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to take up our offering in a moment. In your seat in front of you, you'll find three cards. One of them is a prayer request card. If you've got a prayer, write it on the card. But I'd like you to go a little step before, further. If you're a person today and you invited Jesus into your life, I'd like you to let me know so I can be praying for you. And you need to be connected because Satan will try and steal that back right away. If you're someone who's been wandering and you thought, man, I need to get back, put it on the card for me so I can be praying for you. If you've got a prayer request, put the prayer on the card. If you're a visitor, and we've got lots of visitors this morning, you'll see a we're glad you are here card. We'd love to have a record of your visit. I promise you we will not bug you. I'd like to send you a letter just to thank you for being here, and I can be praying for you. And then there are envelopes for offering, if you want to use an offering envelope. You can tithe online through uh, Tithely through our website as well. Something I'd like you to also do. On the back of that prayer card, it's blank. Over the summer, I want to do something, some, something for fun. If you could ask Jesus a question... What would you ask him? Write it on a card and drop it in the offering when it goes by. If you've got a prayer, drop it in there. If you've got one of these communication cards, drop it in there. But if you could ask Jesus a question, you don't have to put your name on it. You can if you want to. And uh, over the summer, I'm going to look at some of these cards and, and maybe give an answer from a scriptural perspective of, to your question. I don't have all the answers, but I'm really close with someone that does. So we'll talk to him. So do that for me. Would you do that favor for me? Yeah, all right. <laughs> Can I have those come forward, please, that are going to take up the offering? It's good to see you all here this morning. Some faces that haven't been here for a while, and that's okay. You're here this morning, and I'm glad that you're here. We're going to take up our offering, and as we take it up, I've got some announcements for you, but let's just pray for the offering. Father, I just give you thanks as we come to give faithfully our tithes and our offerings. Father, I pray that as we give, it's not just our money that we give. We give you our obedience. We give you our fears. We give you everything, Father, that we may live for you. Bless this offering 
and bless the givers, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. A couple of things going on on the back of your bulletin. We have a men's outreach day. See, this is part of being the body. So our men are going to go to people's homes. If you've got stuff that needs to be fixed, you're not able to fix it, widow, single, whatever, some of the people I know need help. <laughs> We're going to have a ministry day on April the 22nd. So if you know someone that needs some help, maybe they've got a fence that's falling down or something, we want to help with that. So let us know. Out in the foyer, we're doing a thing called Pray for the Colony Police. You can sign up for it. You, you write your name on one card. You leave it there, and then you take another. There are two together, one with the name of a police officer, one with the name of the police officer, and a spot for your name. We want to pray for every single police officer in the colony. And when we've got all of those cards filled out, we're going over. We already have talked to the chief of police over there. We're going to go over there and take them the cards the cards that have your names on it and present it to the officers so they know who is praying for them. You can take a couple if you want. They may be close to already gone. Sunday, April 16th, we're having a Lakeway, a ministry fair out there. That's an opportunity for you to see what we do here and maybe sign up and be a part of that. Ladies, we have a theme dinner coming up on April the 23rd. That is going to be in the fellowship hall right across there. You can sign up in the foyer. It's $15. Martha, where are you? Martha will give you information. Is Becky here? I know she wasn't feeling well this morning. So, And um, that's out there, right? And the foyer, out there. And then, David, where are you? Over there. David heads up our lawn team. We like the place looks good, doesn't it? They've been out there trimming and cutting. It's not the Holy Spirit that's doing that. It's the Holy Spirit with flesh and blood on it that's doing that. So if you can be part of that team, please come and see David. And the way that we like to do it is if we've got enough people, you only have to do it maybe once a month or once every other month. If you like weeding, I don't know why, but some people do, or tending, come and let us know. And then we've got Vacation Bible School coming up on July 17th through 21. That's an evening Vacation VBS. We need your help in many ways. Number one, we need your prayers. Number two, we need supplies. So I think there's a table set up out there for Vacation Bible School. Donations needed? Oh, look at that. Scan that right there. And that'll tell you what we need. All right, enough of this stuff. Please stand. He is risen. He is indeed. Let me pray the Lord's blessing on you. Heavenly Father, I thank you again for each and every person that you brought here this morning. I pray they leave here better than the way they came here. That they leave with the power of your Holy Spirit, the hope of your Holy Spirit, the joy of your Holy Spirit, and the confidence of knowing that this is not it. And if, if something were to happen today, we know where we're going. Father, pour out your blessings, I pray. Not that we would be selfish with those blessings, but that we would take them and share them with as many people as we possibly can. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Have a great Easter. Thank you for coming. Bye-bye.